0: All right, welcome back boys to the Throne League Week 13 podcast. We're getting down to the end of it. We only have 1 week left, but I got to welcome on Johnny. Uh how you doing? Uh you
1: were getting down to it. Uh, unfortunately, it hasn't been bright for you. Yeah, Jacob, it's been a tough season, no doubt. Uh it's been f- it's been 5 weeks since I last captured a victory, Jacob. That is a long time, believe it or not. I know you're kind of in the opposite position. You've forgotten what it feels like to lose um tough week but i did watch a lot of football and i think there's a lot to break down and also you know the playoff picture has become very very clear now so we're going to be able to to kind of take a look at the the matchups from this past week and maybe see what that might mean for who's going to be hot going into the playoffs as we approach the final week of the regular season which is crazy jacob that we're already um just one week away from the end of our fantasy football regular season Uh, time flies when you're having fun. It also even flies when you're not having fun and you lose five straight games as well. So that's just kind of the way that goes. Um, But with that being said, Jacob, would you like to walk us through the matchups from this past week?
0: Yes, I would. Uh, So we'll start it off in my matchup. Uh, I took down Jake 108.9 to 88, kind of a low-scoring game. Uh, Garoppolo went out for Jake, so it kind of solidified the deal for me. Uh, Devontae Adams scared me a little bit, looking like he was going to get a 50-point game, but... 37.7 so unfortunately jake fell uh kind of behind uh looking for that third uh spot uh the third seed uh jack took down you uh johnny um 181.8 to 95 that might be the high score of the year i'd have to fact check that but jack had incredible performances all around the board especially his browns uh 34.6 for Amon Ra, and 31.9 for A.J. Brown. Uh, A good swift week for you, but just couldn't pull it through, uh, especially against the guy who pretty much doubled your points. Uh, Next one, we'll go over to Kirk Cousins, Stino's team, 110.5 to Houston Happy ending, 64.3. Abysmal performance from Aiden this week as he falls to the 12th seed in our standings and it's not looking good for him going forward. Uh, And Stino picks up a much needed win to stay uh, up ahead in the playoff rankings. Uh, Nutter took down Bryce 135.7 to 100.3, pushing him out of the uh, loser, the bottom two of the league. Joe had another great performance, 140.8, uh, taking down Brian, 109.7, eliminating Brian from playoff contention there, and Joe jumped to the third seed, so he's uh, been looking good. Uh, and then finally, Caden keeping his season alive, 132.5 over Scott's 103.5, and um, so, you know, playoffs are pretty much set unless Caden can have the performance of a lifetime and Scott shits the bed. He needs to make up 80 points uh, with a win and a Scott loss. But, um, you know, you can't count them out yet. But, yeah, kind of some weird scorings around here. Some high scores and then some really low scores. Johnny, what did you kind of make from
1: uh, this week in fantasy? Just uh, a brief fact, Jack As he did mention Jack potentially posted the highest score of the year, and that is true. He's unseated, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but he's beat out Nutter, who posted 177.4 points in Week 8. Uh, honorable mention, Steno also had two games over 170 points. Um, so Jack, congratulations, 181.8. That's going to be a hard mark to beat. Uh, For a single week of scoring, the rest of the way that might stay, depending on what happens in this final week of the regular season. But yeah, like you said, uh, guys were kind of all over the place. And that's kind of been uh, what this year's been like, even as I was looking through each week to see the highest score. I mean, there's been a ton of points scored by some guys. As I said, we've now had four teams this year. Or at least it's happened four times, twice by the same team, where guys have gone over 170 points. Maybe my memory's foggy, but I don't remember that happening. I remember maybe last year, maybe one time, but maybe I'm completely wrong in that. I don't remember it being such a common occurrence. But on the flip side, we've had some really low scores. You know, it's just been kind of a volatile season where uh, you know the distribution of points has been uh, pretty lopsided. A lot of guys are getting a ton, and the yeah, the other guys aren't really getting a lot at all doesn't make for the most competitive of matchups unfortunately but we still ended up with a couple of pretty close ones and um, there still should be some excitement going into the final week of the regular season even though the playoff picture as you said is pretty much decided Um, it's unlikely that Scott will have to sweat too much obviously he wins and he's in uh, is the simple way to look at it otherwise as you mentioned the 80 points that Caden will have to make up certainly is not impossible um, as we've seen this year, but it's it's going to be a tough one. But at least you know, in theory, Kate's still alive, so he gets um, some hope for one more week. Um, but yeah, Jacob, do you have any comments on the matchups from this week?
0: Yeah, I think he hit on all, all the great points. There, it's you know, our fantasy like standings are usually a little tighter than this. Uh, I've kind of pulled away with eleven and two. Jack's been able to pull pull ahead nine and four, separating himself for the top seed there and then the middle of the table's been pretty close but these last couple weeks uh Jake Stino and uh Joe have kind of solidified their spot there and Scott Scott's been down a little bit i think he's lost two straight uh which kind of, kind of propelled him into this scary situation but you know he's been a good team so far so it's kind of, that's kind of what i've seen throughout this you know some people missed on some big players um you know Cadence team's picked it up here at the end as well as Nutters but um it was just a little too too late for those two um you know making their moves uh made some pretty good trades this year to kind of put them in this position but it uh a a lot of injury bugs for these teams that have fallen below and it's just been unfortunate to see some of these guys just consistently underperforming which is not something i want to see i want you know big competitive matchups every week
1: yeah that is a good point although i mean the bottom certainly has formed a clump. We have four people with four wins, so nobody is really alone in being terrible. Um, as you said, you know, like my team has dropped off in recent weeks, whereas a couple of other teams have picked up a little bit to sort of tighten up the bottom of the bracket. But as you said, the, the guys up top have cemented themselves as in the playoff picture. That's why we end up with the final week. You know, not being too contentious. Although you know, ESPN does give Caden still an eight percent chance. I always wonder how they calculate that because if Caden needs to win and Scott needs to lose, that's obviously a certain percentage right there. But then Caden also needs to outscore Scott's team this week by eighty points, and that's another percentage. I can't imagine that comes out to eight percent. So I'm imagining whatever their formula is is rudimentary. But maybe it's. More complicated than I'm giving it credit for. But I don't it just seems like eight percent is is maybe generous. That's not to count you out, and It just seems like, you know, it's it's not an easy situation, uh, the way the numbers have played out. But yeah, um obviously next week we're gonna do a, a more comprehensive playoff preview once we know where everybody's locked in, we'll be able to take a look at um you know, which matchups are probably going to be really important um, in the winner's bracket, especially. Maybe we'll take a little bit of a look at the losers bracket if we make up the time for it. Uh, But, Jacob, this week was not only interesting for our Fantasy Football League, it was also an interesting week across the NFL, as we were talking about before we started up this program. And I really do think, you know, I know that when we talk about these matchups, it's not necessarily directly correlated fantasy performances, but I think that it does factor in the sense of, you know, we're kind of talking about the general trends of the NFL, which teams are getting better, which teams are impressing us. I think that does play a factor in terms of, you know, if you have a fantasy player on one of these teams, that does that bode well for you? Clearly, I think teams that are in a potential playoff race have a little more juice. You know, you can expect to get a little a higher chance of some bigger performances out of your players if they're on a team that's really competing versus a team that might be hoping for, you know, a pretty good draft pick this year. You know, if you're holding on to a guy on the Houston Texans, you're going to feel a little different than if you're holding on to a guy that is for, you know, the Dallas Cowboys or, you know, the Buffalo Bills, what have you. And, And maybe that was the same at the start of the season, but it feels like now more than ever as the season draws to a close you know, just teams, certain teams have a little more juice to their games than than maybe others do, and I think that does play a role in what you might expect from some of your top fantasy performers. Uh, but with that being said, that's enough rambling on that point. Just a brief run through Jacob here of the week that was. Uh, we kicked off on Thursday Night Football with an AFC East matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the Patriots. It was in New England, and the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen took care of business. Um, you know, really This game stood out to me for a couple of reasons, but one, the Bills really just kind of managed this game. You know, Josh, Allen only threw for 223 yards, which isn't a meager amount, but it's also not a flashy amount either. They ran the ball pretty well. Um, It was the first week where James Cook seemed to kind of firmly cement himself as their top rushery, grabbed 14 carries, um, and they just played well and bullied the Patriots. The Bills defense was able to show off their strength and what looks to be a pretty well-rounded team as we draw nearer to the playoffs and also severely hinders the Patriots chance at a potential playoff spot. So the bills can kind of knock out two birds with one stone there by, you know, sort of showing off their more well-balanced roster and, um, doing some damage to a division rivals, playoff chances. Then as we head over to our Sunday slate, the Steelers and Falcons played a pretty close game and the Steelers continue to be feisty. They won this game 19 to 16. Um, and last rumor I heard was that uh, Marcus Mariota's job as starting quarterback may not be safe. Um, even though the Falcons are still in the playoff hunt in terms of winning the division, they're certainly out of the wild card hunt. Drake London uh, had a return to fantasy relevance after really struggling the last few weeks, but he grabbed six catches for just short of 100 in this one. And also, Najee Harris um, has come back. Um, you know, with Kenny Pickett being in for a few weeks now, they're starting to find a little bit more chemistry. It's still a rough product to watch, but they're, they're getting there. And Najee Harris seems to have found a new life. Um, he's running, uh, much more aggressively than he has in previous weeks. And it's kind of showing and it's helping out the Steelers in a major way. Um, so yeah, pretty good game for the Steelers overall. They picked up a win on the road. The Pittsburgh Steelers fans heavily outnumbered the Atlanta Falcons fans in Atlanta, um, which was an interesting sight to see. They, there were reports that the Falcons were booed audibly as they came out of the tunnel at their own home stadium. Uh, the next matchup to take a look at, Packers versus the Bears. It's been a tough year for the Packers, but does Aaron Rodgers still own the Bears? The answer is yes. Uh, they overcame um, an early deficit, and ended up picking up the win 28 to 19. They were able to overcome uh, Justin Fields' 50-yard rushing touchdown as it stands. Justin Fields, if he continues his current pace through the end of the season, will set the single-season rushing record for a quarterback. He's projected to get about 1,200 yards as it sits right now. So not all negative for the Bears, but really bad season overall. Uh, Next up, the Lions. Drop a 40 bomb, getting back to kind of their early season habits with that explosive offense. Amon Ross St. Brown, as you mentioned, for Jack, was firing on all cylinders. DeAndre Swift was looking better. Goff posted a nice day. 40-14, to 14, they killed uh, the Jaguars in what's been a pretty tough season for the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence hasn't been able to make that second-year leap, but he has shown some promise uh, overall. The Vikings were able to hold off the Jets at home. The feisty Jets, led by Mike White, threatened, but ultimately it was the Vikings' defense in the red zone that held uh, the New York Jets to, I believe, uh, five field goals. Um, And that made a huge difference um, in this game, ultimately as the Vikings were able to hold on when the offense slowed down, scoring just seven points in the second half. Uh, next up a tie between two nfc east teams the giants and the commanders they tied in new york in a game that as i was talking to you jacob i'm like i don't really know if i want either of these teams to be in the playoffs but if i wanted one to be in it would probably be washington and you know they didn't lose and i'm sure that that, that might matter when it comes to determining foul, final final wildcard teams you know not having the loss and having a tie instead but nobody really likes to see a tie um that's just bad for football. The Eagles at home laid a whooping on the playoff hopeful Titans, 35-10. to 10. Seems like the Titans should still be okay to win that division, but that was a major wake-up call that Phillies for real and the Titans might have some issues. Derrick Henry wasn't able to get anything going there, um, and Jalen Hurts did a whole lot of damage to the air. The leading rusher in the game was actually Tannehill, 34 yards. So this game was pretty much all done through the air, 380 by Jalen Hurts. And then in what is potentially the worst game of the week, unsurprisingly, involves the Denver Broncos. That's kind of become their new mantra. They are going to lose on the road to the Ravens, 10-9, to in a game where Lamar Jackson left early with an knee injury. The Broncos led this game 9-3, to heading into the fourth quarter, late into the fourth quarter, but Tyler Huntley, uh, the back quarterback for the Ravens, led a game-winning drive. And the Broncos continue to have one of the most disastrous seasons um, that we've ever seen. Uh, next up, the hometown team, the Cleveland Browns, beat the horrifically bad Houston Texans. Uh, this was a game that involved a special team score for the Browns and two defensive scores as the offense was unable to get into the end zone. Deshaun Watson did toss an interception in the end zone in his uh, return to NFL action there. Not a pretty game to watch. Uh, as we entered into the four o'clock slate, the Seahawks beat the Rams. Uh, they lost Ken Walker in the process with injury. The Rams continue to be short-staffed. They just signed Baker Mayfield today, so that tells you. Wow, uh, three and nine is the worst start to a, the worst start to a season record for a team coming off of a Super Bowl win. So not a lot of positives for the Rams there. Cam Akers though did find the end zone twice, so it only took about twelve weeks, thirteen weeks. But you know maybe there's might be a smidge of fantasy value there. Next up, another team that lost a player due to injury. The 49ers still beat the Dolphins despite losing Jimmy Garoppolo to a broken foot. Uh, Early rumors are that he may possibly be able to return for the playoffs, but as it stands, it's going to be Brock Purdy that does the damage, uh, Mr. Irrelevant, from this past year's draft. We'll have to see how that goes. They'll play Tampa this week. Um, And another tidbit there, stat, um, Brady when playing against a rookie quarterback, making his first career start has always been the point spread favorite, but that will not be the case this week. As the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head in to San Francisco, Brady will be a three point underdog to the rookie led 49ers by Brock Purdy. So that'll be an interesting one to watch there. Uh, The Bengals beat the chiefs and Joe Burrow continues his dominance over the chiefs. He's three known his career versus Patrick Mahomes, a solid home win the uh, Bengals ever since that Browns embarrassing Browns loss on Monday night have put together some solid games and uh, and what's a really tough loss for the Chargers they're going to lose to the Raiders 27 to 20 it's been a really tough year for the Chargers they've struggled to find any kind of consistency at all and losing to the Raiders you know now all of a sudden the Raiders potentially are back, maybe looking for a wild card spot. It doesn't really feel like it, but I think that's mostly just a bad loss by the Chargers on the road in Las Vegas. Then, as we get to Sunday Night Football, the Cowboys made history, scored 33 points in the fourth quarter against the Colts, went on to win 54 to 19. And talking about kind of a similar story to the Bengals in terms of rounding in a form, the Dallas Cowboys look quite scary. I know the Colts um, aren't good. But the calls sure as heck gave the Eagles a run for their money. I don't necessarily buy into that logic of, well, this team beat that team, so this team should beat that team. I don't know if that really works or not, but a strong win at home for the Cowboys. Made history in the process with the most points I believe scored in the fourth quarter, or at least damn near close to. And then Monday Night Football, for the large part, was a snooze fest until Brady decided to make himself some history, set the fourth-quarter comeback record, and beat the Saints in the process. This was the first time that the Buccaneers have swept the Saints in a season since 2008. Um, Is this the point where the Buccaneers start to turn their season around? Maybe, maybe not, but still an impressive uh, game nonetheless for Brady and an impressive record to set as he continues to just kind of lay out the best statistical career um that's ever been played. Jacob, do you have uh any takeaways from this week in the NFL?
0: Yeah, the just, you know, Burrow being 3 and 0 against uh Mahomes, that's pretty impressive there. Uh Chiefs uh the Bengals big statement win. Um some other things, um, you know, interesting playoffs seedings coming up with, you know, will the Jets lose out? Will the Patriots the, there's with the chargers losing it kind of opens up some ground there and that the the jets are able to keep that wild card spot um but you know if they can't figure out what they're doing at the quarterback position they could be a dangerous spot to lose that final uh wild card spot you know the chargers might be able to sneak in steelers browns patriots any of those teams if they kind of went out and played pretty good they can slide in and take a good uh uh chance at getting into the playoffs as we uh head down the stretch but yeah um you know bills take over the one number one seed i believe because of that Bengals win um we'll see what happens with the ravens uh with lamar you know we don't know if he's starting yet correct did you
1: correct i've heard he's week to week
0: yeah so we'll see if they can uh pull together with tyler hunt huntley But, um, yeah, you know, some kind of upsets. You know, I thought the Chiefs were going to blow out the Bengals. uh, Or not blow them out, but take that game. Um, Steelers edged out the Falcons. I was hoping for the Falcons to kind of stay in it. Um, Yeah, you know, the playoff picture is going to be fun with these uh, two big divisions. uh, The NFC and AFC East, they're both loaded right now with their records but you know some teams are down downwards trending so we'll see if they can uh kind of keep into those playoff contention but i don't know it, it's going to be interesting coming down uh i think the end of the season's that it's going to be a big race to see who can kind of take the spot but i don't know is it kind of exciting some of the games are pretty enjoyable to watch but um i don't know i had to turn off a couple of games <laughs> I, I was I done with it. the Saints Buck bucks uh yeah um what other game I had to turn off Seahawks Rams that was mm-hmm. just um what else did I watch I don't know I was watching the Vikings or not, not uh, the Eagles Titans game that was just a blowout it, yeah, it seemed like after boring. the first play I don't know and then the browns game was just so disappointing like it was cool to see the defense special teams go off but you were hoping that the offense could click. But we'll see what the Browns can do against
1: the Bengals this week. It is. And I think it is worth talking about the Browns for a minute because if you talk. So they sit at five and seven, which uh, is not great, but it's it, it could be worked with in theory. If you wanted to talk about playoff chances, this was a great week for the Browns because as you mentioned, they won. The Jets, the Patriots, and the Chargers all lost, which are three teams currently in wild card positions that sit ahead of the Browns. Now the Raiders also won, and currently they sit at five and seven, and they do have a tiebreaker over the Browns based on their win percentage in conference games. However, do we really expect the Raiders to hang around? I think that's a different question, but it's still, you know, bodes well for the Browns. I think if you want to be serious, they kind of have to run the table. Which means, Jacob, if we take a look at it, they play Cincinnati next week. So our hopes could get dashed immediately because Cincy's playing really great football. Um, Now, granted, what kind of preempted this great run by Cincy was the loss to the Browns um, on Monday Night Football. So we'll have to see what's changed. Um, Obviously, a lot's changed in the sense that Deshaun Watson's now the starting quarterback and it'll be his second week. Maybe some of those first game back jitters will be gone and the offense will smoothen out a little bit. But it's a tough test immediately. And then it'll be Baltimore after that, another tough divisional test at home. You know, Obviously, Lamar Jackson's status will be up in the air. I think that's a big factor in terms of how that game might go. The Ravens always play us tough. Um, Then it's New Orleans. Then it's Washington. And then it's Pittsburgh. Three games, I think the browns should be 50 percent or higher to win i think new orleans can be feisty and i think washington can be feisty and i kind of i know it's going to be unpopular to say because we've talked a lot about pittsburgh not being good but pittsburgh is feisty um and that doesn't necessarily mean i think that the browns would lose to them but i don't necessarily see any gimme games the rest of the way for the browns i think it's going to have to be hard fought which means that they're going to have to develop chemistry on the fly i don't think you know they had Let's put it this way, Jacob, but the way the Browns played this past week, I think they would have lost to almost every other team in the league had they played against them. You know what I mean? I don't think that's super unfair to say. So, in a sense, that worked out really great. You got three teams ahead of you in the wild card spot that lost, and you got a matchup against a team that you almost couldn't lose because the Texans said, dude, we're not letting you fucking lose this game because we need a number one overall pick real bad. Um, It's very clear that Houston doesn't care about putting out a competitive product, uh, Damian Pierce. Honestly, if I was him, I'd find some way to get less carries because he's just killing himself for no reason. He's such a great runner, and he's he puts everything in every run, and it's just he gets nothing in return for it because that team just doesn't care and is not going to be competitive and is going to get rid of Lovey Smith in the offseason and completely rebrand that team if they have any good sense. Um, but, Jacob, when I lay it out that way, Cincy, Baltimore, New Orleans, Washington, Pittsburgh to end the year, do you think in any reasonable amount of care that the Browns could run the table and clear off those last six games as wins or last five games. I'm sorry.
0: I don't think so. You know, do, you, you hope that like, since we were playing the Texans, Deshaun would come out and like was able to get right, make some good throws, but you know, he just did not look good at all. Um You know, our offense netted one point uh, on their drives, I believe. Um, so you know, with the safe, they gave safety, and then only had a, were able to pop a field goal on the board. So that is not good, especially against a terrible Texans defense. Uh, so yeah, realistically, we're done. But you know, there's <laughs> we still have hope, and you know, we could go out. Like, we have the Bengals number. You know, Stefanski's five and zero against them. It would be f- real fun to go uh, and beat the brakes off of them in Cincinnati. But you know cincinnati's one of the best teams in the league right now pains
1: me to say that um but you know you never say never they do have the Bengals do have jamar chase back which is someone they did not have when the browns last matched up with them he's a big difference maker for since since he looks really tough i don't want to say they look scary i they did beat the chiefs so something with that defense has got to be working um, because you know they didn't have to score forty; they only had to score twenty-seven to beat the Chiefs. And clearly, the the Bengals have had the Chiefs' number in in recent history. I don't think the Bengals are a scary team, but I think they're a, a very good team that can easily kill you because Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, Samaje P. Ryan has been really fantastic in relief of of um, Joe Mixon Mix, while well, he's yeah. been banged up, and, and Burrow. Right, I think we can start talking about. It. I've, seen, I've seen articles. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Someone posted an article that said, "People slow down on Joe Burrow," and I'm like, "Why? This dude is very clearly really good at playing quarterback, and I know he's young and he's got a ways to go." Um, and we've seen some of the stumbles that like Justin Herbert's had, you know, where maybe I would have thought coming into the season they were a little bit closer with one another, Herbert and Burrow, but it's it's been a really up and down year for Herbert, whereas Burrow is found his stride. I believe that the record was against non divisional teams this year, teams outside of the FC North, Burroughs thrown 20 touchdowns and no interceptions. Now that could be false. I was sworn through Instagram, but I believe that's what I saw. And that's um a really impressive stat in its own right. They're they're playing really good football. But I think on the flip side you can make the argument that if the Browns get by the Bengals, then they might be feeling pretty good. Because by comparison, I don't think any of those teams, Baltimore is tough in the division for sure, but none of those other teams really match up in terms of what the Bengals have been doing. But there does seem to be a difference between Bengals versus non AFC North teams and Bengals versus AFC North teams. You know, you go back to week one when they got absolutely shellacked by the Pittsburgh Steelers and what's gone on to be one of the worst years for the Steelers in their franchise history. You know, there's something that's a little bit different. And did the Bengals lose to Baltimore or no? Am I misremembering that game? Yeah, they they're only one and three in the division. So clearly, so that means that they're seven and one outside of the division. So the Bengals are kind of two different teams based on, and we know that AFC North, even though the teams may not be great across the board, play each other really tough. It's just a different kind of football, um, tends to be very physical. Um, and all, all kinds of rivalries that are baked in there. But I think it it makes it interesting. Uh, clearly, I, you know, I hate to... Is there an outcome, you know, as they would say if it was Doctor Strange, was there a reality or a universe where Deshaun Watson had a great game? C- clearly. But I think in a lot of ways it was set up to not be such a great game, and that's why they Brown should thank their lucky stars that they got Houston on the schedule, and that's just the way that worked out, um, is he got handed that awkward 11-game suspension. Um, because if he had come back against the Bengals, you know, I think with that kind of performance, right, it would be a whole different kind of conversation we'd be having. Um, but like you said, I mean, all hopes not dead yet. We don't know how many wins it's going to take to get in to the playoffs. We're still only in the second season of the 17 game schedule. So it's, is nine wins capable? Um, statistically, I think it is. I don't know if we can bet on that or not based on the fact that there are, um, four teams with six or more wins that are slotted in in a wild card spot currently. Um, but I think it's an interesting topic uh, nonetheless. Jacob, did you have any other comments about how the NFL is shaping out or anything before we uh, bring on Bryce and get into our interview?
0: No, I think we covered it pretty well. Uh, we'll be able to kind of get into it more uh, probably next week. It'll probably shake up a little better. But yeah, I, I think I'm ready to bring on Bryce.
1: All right, let's bring him on.
0: Okay, we now welcome on a very special guest. We got Bryce in the studio to kind of break down his season. Unfortunately, not what he wanted to do after winning last year, but Bryce, how the hell are you doing? Um, it's, we're glad to
2: have you on. You know, I'm doing good, boys. Uh, you know, the season's been very disappointing Uh you know, after we got the throne. Um, but, I mean, hey, there's some up and down years, and, uh, you know, this was a humbling year for me. So,
0: Yeah. Um, it's tough to kind of, you know, be at the top of the world as you were last year. You know, you were making trades left and right. Um, you were kind of down on your trades this year. Was it you just couldn't find the right suitors? What was your Or were you not trying to do as many? What was your kind of strategy there?
2: You know what, you know, I really had a mindset going into last year to not fall in love with my team because, you know, I feel like I tend to do that most years and, you know, I just fall in love with my players. I overvalue them. I think, oh yeah, you know, they'll turn around, they'll bounce back or or whatnot. Um, and, you know, last year I, I did not do that. I shopped around probably every week if not <laughs> close to every week uh just to kind of you know feel out the value see who people were high on on their teams and who who they were willing to you know let go or part ways with
0: yeah uh you were able to kind of capitalize on you know some players who people were down on and they ended up pulling through at the end of the year but johnny you got anything for uh bryce
1: yeah, Bryce. As I sit here and look through your team, obviously it's not. There's not a ton of dislike. Like this is not a bad team by any means. There's a couple of weak spots, um, as I see at least for this current week between Titan and Flex. But you're not necessarily set there. But in terms of the the drafting strategy that you came into this year with. Do you because sometimes I get this way too, where I'll have a certain mentality when I draft and then if the season goes to shit, I'll be like, all right, well, fuck that. I'm never going to do that again. Do you think that the strategy you had going in the draft is still sound and it just didn't happen to come out? Or do you think that you might need to make some changes going into next year?
2: You know, I definitely think I need to make some changes going in next year. You know, I was lucky enough to be kinda on the front end of the draft. Um, you know, I don't know how I feel about being in like the first three spots just because, you know, when that when that turns comes back around in a snake draft, you know, there's a lot of players that maybe you had on your watch list that may not be there and, you know, you're just kinda Struggling to find a replacement for one of those guys. But uh, other than that, I mean, I didn't draft a tight end early. I usually never draft a tight end early. What I really think hurt me was taking uh, three uh, rookie wide receivers that uh, did Jack fucking did all season in the eighth, 11th, uh, and 12th round. So I didn't get much value there. Uh, Jamison Williams has been sitting on my bench all year, and he just came off IR. But, uh, yeah, some adjustments definitely need to be made next year. And taking Cam Akers in the third was probably the biggest bust I've had in my fantasy football career.
1: You know, Bryce, I do – yeah, Cam Akers is – tough. you weren't alone. There was a couple misses there in those – in, like, rounds two through four that that may or may not get awards when the time comes. But um, you talk about, you know, being an early draft pick within the top three, let's say – um, there is a lot of pressure there because it's essentially you get a shot at like a super mega star for fantasy, but then you got to wait a long time before you get somebody else, and a whole lot of players go in between. So if you miss on that guy, you know, you might be screwed. But the issue in your case is that you didn't miss. Um, you know, you got Austin Eckler, and he's the number one running back through 13 weeks in fantasy. Um, but it just goes to show you that even then, you know, it seems like fantasy drafts come down to value throughout. You know, you mentioned missing on a few wide receivers. You need to have a team that that has guys who can contribute throughout because between injuries and just surprising people, underperforming and whatnot. I'm trying to remember, either Jacob or Bryce, Who the other two guys, Brian was number one with Jonathan Nutter. Taylor.
2: Nutter was third. So you were two, Bryce? Yeah, I was in between so
1: each of the top three draft picks from this year's draft are going to miss the playoffs you know so maybe that is an own interesting kind of statement in its own right about drafting and value and how that turns out um but yeah in terms of so yeah see i i can see why you would say maybe you'd want to change some things going into next year but before we get into next year uh, you know, the season's not over just because you missed the playoffs. Obviously, this is what I'm telling myself, too. There is the consolation bracket or the loser's bracket or whatever else you want to call it. But as you head into that bracket, uh, what player on your team have you been encouraged by in recent weeks that you think might help make a difference for you in picking up some wins on the consolation bracket?
2: Uh, single-handedly, probably Chris Godwin. Uh, you know, he as soon as I acquired him in trade, he, you know, started finding the end zone. Didn't catch a touchdown all season before I got him. Found the end zone. And, man, is Tom Brady peppering him with uh, football right now. I mean, 13 targets in his last two weeks. Each week, uh, you know, he's he's been a stud for my team and has been a great second wide receiver under CeeDee Lamb who has, uh, you know, been a top 10 wide receiver pretty much throughout the uh, season, even with a uh, backup quarterback some of the way
1: yeah you you make a good point there because as i look through C.D. lamb's stat page he's put together a nice season and that's why you know as we're sitting here talking about a season that didn't necessarily go the way you wanted i think your mind goes to well who did you take early on in the draft and obviously you mentioned yeah cam acres didn't turn out the way that you would have hoped uh, but austin eckler was a hit and it seems very clearly like cd lamb was a hit um early on in the draft uh a player like CD Lamb, who it feels like we probably haven't seen the ceiling yet on him as a player. He's still so young and still hasn't, you know, had a time to play a full season just with Dak Prescott, you know, and just try and put that together and build up that chemistry. Um, do you think that CeeDee Lamb would be the kind of player that you'd look at again next year? Um, do you think that you might go out of your way to draft him, or would he still be a guy that you'd have to uh, get him at the right spot for the right value?
2: Um, you know, I probably... You know, if he's around and I'm in the spot to get him, I'd probably take him. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of kind of other wide receivers that have uh, emerged on the scene this year, like uh, Amon Ross St. Brown's been a stud. Christian Kirk has kind of done his thing this year with a new team. And, uh, I mean, shit uh, Garrett Wilson has been, and those two Ohio state wide receivers will definitely be, uh, you know, middle of the pack, uh, drafts draft picks next year. So, I mean, we'll see, uh, you know, he's a number one guy on his team that gets, you know, close to seven plus targets a game. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what the Cowboys do in the off season. And, uh, if they do get Odell Beckham, uh, what that kind of does to CD stock.
1: You know, Bryce, it is interesting because you mentioned, yeah, like uh, there are other wide receivers that you want over lamb right now, but what does seem to be part of the art form in fantasy football is being able to pick the guy who maybe wasn't super great this year, but will be great next year. And it's, it's definitely not easy. I've been at this personally a long time and it's not easy to get the guy who's going to be the star. Sometimes it's known as McCaffrey's been for a couple of years, um, the way he delivers it but sometimes it's not known um, like Cooper Cup last year it just wasn't known that he was going to be that kind of guy um, and certainly it's always a bonus if you can end up with a player who makes that big jump uh, are there any players that stand out to you that you've either seen this year or seen on other guys fantasy teams that you think might make uh, a really big jump next year
2: uh, I mean I'll start with uh, Christian Watson uh, who faced me this week on Nutter's team Um he kind of uh emerged onto the scene and just hasn't stopped scoring touchdowns since. I mean, he's uh he like outscores the uh you know top ten receivers uh in touchdowns probably since you know, in in a three, four week span now. Uh another person I'd probably highlight uh Ross St. Brown. Uh it'd be interesting to see uh if he can uh duplicate this what he's doing this year, next year. And uh, how about, I'll, I'll say, uh, Deontay Johnson. Uh, there's been a lot of talks about him uh, receiving uh, you know, a lot of targets and not getting in the end zone. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he'll be able to build a rapport with uh, Kenny Pickett to see if uh, he could Get back into that uh, elite PPR wide receiver category because he was in years prior with uh, Big Ben. You know,
1: that is also an interesting talk, too, because you can kind of get back to talking about the team as a whole. You know, last year, the Philadelphia Eagles were a good team. They made the playoffs, but they weren't what they are this year, but they made that jump. Clearly this year, the Pittsburgh Steelers have struggled in what was a year that was expected to be a big struggle. They just obviously had their franchise quarterback retire, and now they have to try and fill that void with a team that is not exactly stock full of talent, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But I think you make a good point about not just maybe Deontay Johnson, but also Najee Harris and maybe a Pat Friar if Kenny Pickett is able to take a next step next year. Um, Could we be talking about the Steelers like a team? um, Like the Eagles, probably not quite to that level, obviously. The Pittsburgh Steelers probably aren't going to go out and trade for a player of A.J. Brown's caliber. Kenny Pickett's probably not going to be Jalen Hurts. But it does kind of play into that unknown factor of fantasy where you kind of have to to take a bit of a guess on on which teams might really make the big jump and in turn which players might make the big jump. Uh, Jacob, did you have any other questions for Bryce?
0: Yeah, I just kind of wanted, you know, with playoffs pretty much set you know who's kind of like the dark horse to kind of take the whole thing who do you kind of put your money on that would uh Ah, kind of win the league and take the throne from you
2: that is a that is a great question uh so i mean dark horse pretty much rules you and jack out correct yeah so you want me to you want me to kind of see what's going on
0: not the top two
2: all right, all right. Let me, let me take a scroll through these four teams. I'm not going to say Joe just because fuck, fuck Joe and his fantasy team and <laughs> him being good at fantasies makes no sense. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. I'll probably go with uh, Scott. You know, if Scott can sneak into the playoffs, I think he's hit on uh, some of those middle-round draft picks that I certainly did not. Like, I mean, Ramondre Stevenson and Jalen Waddle and Amari Cooper, you know, he went RB heavy uh, in the top three rounds. And, uh, you know, he hit on all of those guys that uh, he needed to fill out his team. And, uh, you know, Cooper with Watson coming back at the helm and, uh, you know, healthy Mike Williams coming into the playoffs – I think he could do some damage and put up some major points.
0: Yeah, he's he's really been a... He was a consistent team for a while now, but he's kind of skid with uh, Joe Mixon being hurt. I th- was he on a two-game lose streak? Yeah, yeah he's on yeah, a two-game like, lose streak. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, he was sitting right up there trying to vine for that first seed, but he's just falling fallen backwards. But, you know, he's still got a really solid team. And, yeah, I do not really want to see Scott I hope he could get upset uh, so I don't have to face him in that first uh, (laughs) or no I don't think I would have to face him I think he would go up against the number two because he would play the number three so I I don't think I'd see Scott you wouldn't see him to the championship I'm looking right now at Stino and Jake, um, which you know they're they're both pretty scary teams. You know, Jamar Chase coming back for Stino, uh, it's gonna boost his team up. He's been able to stay afloat from there. Yeah, Josh um,
2: Jacobs has been the fucking workhorse for him. Yeah,
0: um, but who who's your pick to win it all? I don't think I like my team's been good, but I've been getting pretty lucky here, and we I'm kind of on a downward swing. Cortland Sutton got hurt. Michael Pittman has not been good so I, I i'm kind of ruling myself I, I just need big games from jefferson and aaron jones if i want to pull through but who's your pick to win it all
2: all right it's gonna be uh some a plus money future here for sure <laughs> uh, i'm gonna have to go with uh i'm gonna have to go with Stino man i think I think fucking Kirk Cousins, primetime Kirk, you know, he's been changing his name names throughout the season. I think Kirk Cousins is going to deliver in the playoffs for Austin. And, you know, that may be good for you, too, since you have Justin Jefferson. So, you know, food for thought. Uh but you know with uh marquise brown coming back from injury he's got you know Fournette on the bench right now you will see how his hip injury kind of works out throughout this end of the season here but he does have the handcuff rashad white so that is also good for him and you know Devonte smith has been uh doing his thing he's been holding his own at that wide receiver two spot for him and uh you know jamar chase is uh He's he's known for uh, popping off in uh, fantasy playoffs and helping his helping his uh, fantasy owners uh, advance and either win the league.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think any of the six teams right now can win. I think Caden can win it too if he gets in. He's got a really strong team. But Johnny, do you got a pick for the win?
1: You know, it's hard. I look through Jacob. I I don't like you. Play very coy there talking about your team coming in. Um, not playing well you, when you've won eight games in a row and you have the number one quarterback in fantasy and Justin Jefferson's the top five guy who you've continually complained about not getting touchdowns despite also still being a top five wide receiver. Just feels like it's a very like a nice problem to have for you, Jacob. Um, but if I had to look, I, I think Jack's team doesn't really have a major hole in it, besides, you know, arguably RB two. I mean Joe Burrow and Dalvin Cook at the top, Antonio Gibson or Brian Robinson or yeah, it looks like that's pretty much it. But then A.J. Brown, Amon Saint Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and Travis Kelsey seems like that is uh, is a quartet that could be built to deal some serious damage. Um, and Dalvin's been not had a great season uh, overall. You know, he's been kind of needing to find the end zone for the most part to have really great days. He's had a couple of down weeks. But he's still Dalvin Cook, so nice guy to have in your back pocket. And then we talked about him a little earlier in this episode, but Joe Burrow. You know, the number four quarterback on the season has put together a really, really great season. So I guess I've had to go right now. I'd say Jack's team, uh, just because I don't see an immediate weakness. Obviously, I just played him, and he scored 180 points. So I think it's a little bit of recency <laughs> bias. But it seems like his team's pretty good. I don't know, on paper. But that would be my pick for now.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll have to see. I'm going to win it all, though, because I've been rigging the, the league this entire time. That's why I've won eight straight. But... Um, We'll see how it breaks down. Uh, last question before from me before we get into our top three. Who, just real quick, who's who's eat, eating the wings?
2: Uh, I've been I've been plotting this for a while now, so I got a good answer for this. Uh, All right. I think. <laughs> I think Johnny's gonna eat the Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I really do. You know, I, I took him down, knocked him out of the playoffs. So I, I'm I'm very confident that I can uh you know win my first matchup and uh get out of the competition, right? If I if I win my first matchup, I'm out, right? Yeah. Right. All right. So, you can only you can only get it if you're shitty enough to lose three state weeks, right?
0: Yeah, besides the bottom 2 seeds, they uh have they only get two chances. So, you got to win okay. this week to kind of get out of that.
2: Uh well, you know, I don't I don't know if I'm going to win this week. Actually, I play Brian, so there's a chance.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like He's got
2: J he's got JT and Olave on by. We're playing yeah. upset. We're know, spoiling everybody's we'll, season. We'll get well, more into it, but Brian's already pick spoiled.
0: Is, is Aiden? Uh, he, his team's just been abysmal.
1: I was gonna yeah, say, sure. how the how, 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 hell, Bryce? Aiden and I don't even mean no disrespect, to Aiden, but Aiden's fucking.
2: What do you score this week? Sixty five points? Yeah, <laughs> he, he's got he's got the lowest points for at thirteen oh seven. The next uh, lowest yeah. is the next cool. lowest is is me. <laughs> yeah, fourteen <14-12. laughs> twelve, hundred more. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's fair. We all suck for the
1: bracket. We all suck, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: John, are you are you Jacob? any last questions?
1: Jacob, who do you think is gonna eat the wings?
0: I think it's eight, I think it's Aiden, a hundred percent. His team's fucking
2: trash.
1: I think I have to say it's gonna be Bryce now because Bryce threw me <laughs> in the goddamn bus. <laughs> <advice. laughs>
2: you know that's only fair. That's only fair. I think we got we all got a very very good chance at uh, eating these things. <laughs>
1: All right, Jacob, but, why don't you bring us into our top three for this week?
2: Yeah, you
0: know, we hit December, we got past Thanksgiving, so why don't we just kick it off uh, with some Christmas joy, do top three Christmas songs. Um,
1: now, Bryce, I don't know. you were not, the last time you were on the podcast, we had not even started the top three, is that correct?
2: I don't think so, I really don't.
1: Yeah, I can't remember which week you brought it in, Jacob, it was early on, but I don't think it was quite when yeah, Bryce was, like, was on. It was
2: like week two or three.
1: Um, so just a quick rundown for you, Bryce, in case you aren't familiar. We do it, each person picks the number three, and we go one by one as we list off our number threes, and then we go down to our number two, (laughs) and then down to our number one, if that makes sense to you. It's
2: it's the three up to one. Right.
1: Now, this is, Christmas songs is going to be an interesting one, because in most weeks i make fun of you, jacob for having honorable mentions i feel like this is a week where i could definitely have a lot of honorable mentions because i was listening to christmas music in preparation for this and it's like wow there's not a lot i'd like there's not a lot of songs i dislike christmas song wise um but i'm going to be interested to see kind of where you guys are at because i have like a flexible top three depending on if something get, mine gets picked but jacob i think you should go ahead and set the tone and give us your number three
0: All right, let me uh, pull up my little list. I wrote them down this time. Um,
1: Actually prepared. This is the first time in 13 weeks Jacob's been somewhat prepared (laughs) for our episode.
0: Uh, My number three is going to be Last Christmas. Um, I think that one's
1: a good one. By Wham? Uh, Yeah. Wow. Are you going to play it like you did when uh, Aiden was on or no? Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might as well. People
1: never got to realize this, but when we recorded with Aiden in the last interview, Jacob played the songs we were picking through his phone into his microphone, and it actually didn't sound like complete garbage, but that was lost to time, so we never got to Let me get to the chorus Yeah, you gotta skip like 20 seconds into it I you my heart.
2: That's a classic
1: that is, a, that's a very good pick, Jacob. I thought about that one as maybe like an honorable mention, but I like, I like it a lot. I like the vibes. Is that is Wham the group that had George Michael's in it, or no, Oof, George Michael? I
0: I, uh, yeah, yes. In and rest, rest in peace,
1: Rig Rigley. Not familiar. Yeah, but yes, I see him here on Google. Okay, Bryce, are you prepared to give us your number three?
2: I am, I'm ready Alright, lay it on us Alright, I got number three It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas By Michael Buble
1: Classic, I was gonna wonder How many Michael Buble songs might get picked here Um Mm -hmm. But I feel like he just deserves to make someone's list
2: It's gotta be on there
1: Jacob, you got the song? Yeah, I'm trying to find (laughs) <laughs> I thought I heard it playing, but I guess yeah, yeah, <laughs> I guess not. You're gonna hear it on the episode. It's a slow just, start. It's a slow start. It is. You gotta go like 30 seconds in. Once you uh get that rolling, we'll listen to the lovely voice of Michael Buble, a classic Christmas Christmas person for sure. Well known for it. Jacob is having a little bit of alright, there he is.
0: Buble, just he just hits. He like um you know, he's synonymous with Christmas music at this mm-hmm. point, but um, you know, he's got some good he's got some good hits uh, you know, that are not Christmas music. So, you know, is a great guy. Um he great commercial too for the bubbly. Voice. But great pick there, Bryce. That's yeah, a that's one. a
1: very that's like a very classic needs to be on everybody's list kind of pick um it's a very very respectable way to uh kick off your top three debut okay so um for my number three again i thought about this list a lot in terms of how i order it um and i was listening and I, this song wouldn't necessarily have came to my mind we, if you first said name top three songs and i couldn't listen to any or you know try and make up my mind that way i probably wouldn't have come up with this one but listening to it, I feel like it deserved to be mentioned, so I think I'm going to give it my number three spot, and that's going to be Sleigh Ride by the Ronettes. Um, it's it's an older song. I believe I'd have to say it's from the 1960s, so it definitely sounds a little bit aged, but it's kind of just got all the, the classic Christmassy vibes that some of those older songs have. You know, so much of the Christmas music that gets played is is older for sure, and it sounds older, but I don't know. I just think it's a pretty good song. Um, it also, before Jacob is able to pull it up, um, has a remix on YouTube that I think is worth checking out if you want to kind of spice it up, bring it into the 21st century. If you're into that kind of bass-heavy stuff, it, it actually vibes pretty well with it, despite the song itself being, you know, like 60 years old, which I think is pretty cool in its own right.
0: They, It has some sick intro, you know. Uh, you could hear the horse crack crackling and all that stuff but yeah this is a good one let's hear it it's just a banger that's a good one to throw on there i didn't even think about that
1: one i just felt like it needed like I said, it probably wouldn't have came to my mind initially, but I felt like it needed to make, like, out of, because we're going to have nine total songs between us, I felt like it deserved a A spot. Um, Jacob, what do you have at number two?
0: Yeah, uh, mine's, like, a certified classic. Um, <laughs> you know, it's one you think of right off the, the top of your head. Um, I'm trying to think of which version I want to do, but it's going to be Jingle Bell Rock damn um, it
1: there's the snipe all right by who yeah. um i don't know you gotta
0: <laughs> who's your favorite
1: i would say the original by bobby helms is my favorite but i'm kind of a sucker for the oldies was that was that gonna be your number one uh i don't know i was probably gonna do a number two but yeah i didn't think it would get sniped but i respect it it's no, a really great hey. one
0: i don't think anybody's taken my number one my number one's a certified classic uh, <laughs> but uh we'll give jingle bell i gotta find the part and yeah
1: Jacob will a search for it really uh, great it just
0: it starts off right away pretty much yes so here we go jingle bell jingle Just, you know, this this is the song that really makes me think about Christmas. Like, you know, it's yeah. in a bunch of Christmas movies. Is this in uh, Home Alone?
1: Um, it's in a lot of them. Yeah. I, the one reference I was going to have for it, if you guys are familiar with the show Two and a Half Men, which I've seen it show so many times, I love it. But there's a Christmas episode and alan uh they're charlie's playing the piano and their mom's there and they're doing jingle bell rock and alan comes out and starts singing it and dancing it and the whole bit it's pretty funny if you all want to check out the episode but yeah excellent pick jacob jingle bell rock is is as you said it's a certified classic should be on everybody's christmas playlist
0: yeah the it's a, it's a go-to, get you in the mood, you know, kind of make you want to do a little jiggle while, you know, maybe decorating the Christmas tree, making some cookies and all that sh- shabazz. Uh, but Bryce, what you got? What you got it
2: Uh You know, I'm going to be that guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be that guy. And then this song just has to be on somebody's top three. And you know I'm gonna put a number two. Uh, all I want for Christmas, Mariah Carey. Simple as that.
1: Wow, you know I was curious if Mariah Carey was gonna make somebody's list. She's a polarizing figure, but definitely should be on people's Christmas playlists Because that's, I mean, kind of. It's like you said with Michael Bublé. You know he's so heavily associated with Christmas. I mean that is Mariah Carey for good and for bad. She is she is the kind of the she's kind of the Christmas version of Michael Bublé which is interesting in its own right.
0: Yeah, you know, this song's really good, but, you know, I think Mariah Carey makes it worse. Like, she's (laughs) obviously a great singer, but, like, um, I don't know. She's kind of, like, a bitch, and she's, like, she's made, like, billions of dollars off of this song, and, Mm -hmm. like, she's, like, I don't know. The way she kind of tweets about it and stuff, I don't know. it, It just rubs me the wrong way. It's obviously never a skip on the Christmas playlist, but it's, it, it just irks me the wrong way. But let's yeah, give yeah. it a little listen.
1: Let's hear it.
2: Like, if you don't doubt that part of a song, like, dude in, like, celebrate Christmas. <laughs> jacob muted his mic
0: because he's singing along right now <laughs> um no i was playing it through the mic i was letting the song develop okay we had to get to the piano no it's a great song i'm I'm just saying mariah rubs me the wrong way so i, I said I, I never skip it i it, it's probably the first song you listen to when Christmas starts but oh couldn't be on the list for me
1: <laughs> Mar- Mariah Carey is is a polarizing figure, but the song it, does a, yeah. deserve to be on Christmas playlist. It's
0: for, a great pick, Bryce. It's a great pick. You got to steal. Worse.
1: I'm gotta, glad that you some, picked her, Bryce, cuz I think she someone needed Someone had here. to do it. Yeah.
2: Someone had to do it, you know?
1: Someone had to do it. I agree with that um so so jacob sniped my number two pick which this has happened a few weeks now it feels like where people are sni- although last week i sniped nolan's superpower so i guess it's only fair that it comes back around and i get sniped but i'm actually gonna keep so you jacob you pick jingle ball rock i'm gonna pick a, another song with the word rock in the title kind of a version of rock you could say i'm gonna which pick, one you want i'm gonna pick rocking around the christmas tree by brenda lee uh, you know it's it's off the cuff i do like that song a lot and uh yeah, I don't know. I feel like it fits in that same kind of vibe of it's an older song, but just evokes all those good kind of Christmas vibes.
0: This one's in a bunch of movies as well, um, and it's it's great. You know, this was probably an honorable mention for me uh, because my number one will never be dethroned, but let's, let's give her a listen. Certified classic right there Indeed, um, indeed. Great pick there, Johnny um, That is another one that's like Yeah, this is a great song to kind of uh, Drink some hot cocoa, decorate a tree All that mm-hmm. Christmas stuff It's got to be one of the songs you listen to When you're doing those activities um, Or, you know, go mm-hmm. and look at Christmas lights That's in the playlist So, great pick it's unskippable when you play it, and it really does bring you in that Christmas,
1: uh, Christmas feel. that actually, though, Jacob, as you mentioned, unskippable again. Is there a Christmas song that you are going to insta skip each time you get to it? So kind of the opposite of our top three. Is there a Christmas song that you just can't stand?
0: Uh, maybe White Christmas. That might be the slowest That's, Christmas song.
1: Yeah, it's pretty old too. I can, I yeah. can, I can understand that. It's a classic though. But yeah, I don't is... think I
0: would. I would listen to it
1: once and then we can't be done with it for the season yeah i think that's pretty fair bryce do you have any christmas songs that you would skip right away don't care for it all
2: uh not off the top of my head i do not know
1: yeah they're mostly pretty solid when you think about it. i mean there's not any other holiday where you can legitimately play it on the radio 24 7 for like six weeks and people don't bat an eye so it's a pretty well-rounded genre um but that being said jacob i guess that brings us to your number one So what is this, this capital C, capital C certified classic that you have waiting here?
0: Uh, Yeah, this was one that... uh, I'm really curious if
1: it's going to be mine, because I definitely feel like mine needs to make a list. So I'm curious if it's going to be yours. I don't think it... So
0: mine was, I used to work at a garden center. We sold Christmas trees, so they were playing the music all the time. And I I got sick of Christmas music by the time we got to the end of the year. But this one song, I would love to hear every single time. Um, It's You're a Mean One. Mr. All
1: uh-huh. All right. There's then. so
0: many great insults in this fucking thing and honestly just- though
1: Yeah, that's part of the reason why I considered picking it Jacob. Because I was like cuz lyrically this song is so great that it feels like it should be listened to. So it, I, res- I respect you picking it.
0: It's it's a classic, you know. The Grinch is a good movie. Um you know, you gotta watch the it's in your Christmas rotation when you're watching your movies, getting in the mood, and you know, it's a it's a great fucking song as well. Um let me uh give it a little play.
2: Mr. Grinch, you really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus, you're as charming as an eel. Mr.
0: Grinch. When when he just says Mister Grinch, it's, you know it's can't you can't get better than that.
1: You know what's funny because that song is sung by a guy named Thurl T H U R L <laughs> Ravenscroft, which I feel like is such a tremendously fitting name for the way his, the way his voice sounds. He sounds like such a creepy, mean old man. But that's kind of That's a pretty epic name But good pick Jacob I'm glad that made a list Cause that is It wasn't gonna make mine But I'm glad that it That it made one Cause I think it deserves to
0: Bryce you big Mr You're a mean one Mr. Grinch fan or
2: I do I I, I like that song I uh, You know that's one of the Christmas movies I always uh, Watch during the holidays Yeah It's
0: a good one But uh What you got for your number one
2: Alright Uh you know this is uh i don't know how you guys are gonna feel about this one but this this is my this is my go-to christmas song this is my favorite one santa claus is coming to town bruce springsteen
1: all right you bringing in the boss i love it yeah that's pretty boss boss. how about do you guys like bruce springsteen in general
0: yeah my dad's a huge fan of him so i
1: uh yeah, i've heard it get a lot up. of it yeah <laughs> he's got some pretty he's got some pretty good songs i'm not like he a does. major fan but he does have some good stuff he's he's an interesting guy
0: um
1: as we wait here for jacob to queue up the song Um, But yeah, that's the other thing with Christmas songs is that typically for most Christmas songs, there's going to be a number of versions, um, which is pretty all throughout time. You know, people have covered that song right up until today, I'm sure by a number of different people. So it'll be interesting. I don't think I've heard Springsteen's version a lot. Typically, so it'll be nice to hear his. Here.
0: All right, I got it.
1: Lay it on us. Love it.
0: Yeah, you know, you could have picked anybody who did this song. You know, Bruce Springsteen does it great, but this song's a classic as well. You know, the, it. You know, we've been saying it this whole time, but there's so many good Christmas songs. It, it's, it's there's a reason why there's music for Christmas. You know, other holidays don't have these the uh, holiday songs like Christmas does. So mm-hmm. they really pull through.
1: You know, that's what, and that was partially what. Excellent pick, by the way, Bryce for number one. I was wondering because, Jacob, you tend to be the oddball out and you pick some weird, crazy shit for your top three. But with Christmas music, it's pretty hard to do like you could do it. I I wouldn't put it past you, Jacob, but uh, but you stayed pretty true this time. And I think that's probably in in part because there's so many to pick from way more than just the nine that we'll be able to assemble here. Uh, But as we get to my number one, I'm glad this wasn't picked because I feel like I don't know. If there is a song I associate more with Christmas than what's going to be my number one pick. So I'm glad that I didn't get sniped and then I get to have it all to my own. But for number one, I'm going to go with It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Andy Williams. To me, that's just like, I don't know. That's just Christmas. I know all these songs are so Christmassy, but that one seems in my mind at least um, to kind of stand above the others in terms of just how uh it brings me into the the spirit of Christmas, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, this is a good song that just kinda kicked the whole holiday off. Um it really just describes the whole holiday in its own and you know it just it hits all the bells and whistles. Um but let's let's get let's give her a little listen. It's the moment. Kids jingle and everyone telling you,
2: be a good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the
0: Classic there, Johnny. Great pick. Uh, yeah. You, you really uh, rounded your list out there with that one.
1: Thank you, Jacob. Are we going to get any special Jacob honorable mentions this week? or um? You know,
0: just, just run through. We, you could just run through the entire fucking playlist. Run through around. the entire
1: playlist. A Holly um, Jolly Christmas is a classic by Burl Ives. That's a great one. Let It Snow by Dean Martin it is yeah. real good. Um, as I look, I'm just scrolling through a list. As you said, like looking at them. Um, you know, Feliz Navidad. That's you know, got oh, its own yeah, place. Yeah, forgot about that
0: one. <laughs> that's got uh, its own re- place for sure. Release Greg Little. Um, you know, that played along to that tune. Uh that was a <laughs> classic Browns one. Um, <laughs>
1: um
0: Christmas Tree Farm by Taylor Swift. Ah uh, that's
1: the a good Swiftie one. Yeah, had a, had a, had a get her in here. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna uh, Br- Little Little Saint Nick by the Beach Boys is definitely a fun change of pace. It's yeah, very yeah. much in the Beach Boys vibe, which is a yeah, fun addition to Christmas music. That's
2: a good one. Beach Boys.
0: What do you got, Bryce? Any honorables?
2: Uh, I don't know. I I I like uh I like Johnny's uh little Saint Nick pick.
0: Damn Deck it. the halls. Did we say that one?
1: We did not. Couple versions um, of that one. Do we
0: say? Do we say Rudolph Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer? No. Um. Or uh, Frosty the Snowman. What's the one with the numbers?
1: Um, oh shit! What is that one? But the numbers, I like how you said that. I knew instantly what you meant.
0: <laughs> Little drummer boy, golden rings, four calling birds, three Is that friends, 12,
1: 12 days of Christmas. Yes, that's the one. Bryce, <laughs> I like, we got some Jacob singing. Excellent. Another a kind of an odd one out. Um, there, there's the song Snowman by Sia. Actually, I think that one's kind of fun. It's definitely different,
2: it's
1: a different kind of vibe. But I, didn't I think no it's see fun. I had
0: a Christmas tree song or Christmas song.
1: But uh Blue Christmas by Elvis is pretty classic. I think yeah. that one's it's good to get Elvis in into your mix. Um,
0: I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Did we mention that one? No. Some Dolly Dolly Parton version. Yeah. Um Yeah, just there's so many good ones. You know, mm-hmm. everybody could have came on and had a different list. And there's I don't the, think you can really uh, argue with it.
1: The, what about the hippopotamus one it's a classic Oh yeah yeah i want a hippopotamus for christmas great perfect yeah like you said i don't yeah, know cre- it's a, yeah. it's fun i had a really fun time listening to my christmas playlist to try and pick out three songs for this because it's just yeah. a lot of good vibes across the board they're all pretty fun songs
2: yeah, um, you really got me in the mood jacob
1: yeah uh
0: we thank johnny for that he had the topic idea um and i think it was a great one but question for the two of you, when's the appropriate time to start listening to Christmas music?
2: December 1st.
1: I'm going to have to agree with Price. I'm a December 1st kind of guy. I'm not... Is it... I think Scott's the guy who does it after Halloween, which I think is fucking egregious. Yeah. Some people do after um, Thanksgiving.
0: I, I... I... You can start listening to it after Thanksgiving. That's kind of my thought. Which is, you know... Pretty cool. There's close that great the period. First. Yeah, um... I probably don't listen to it till December 1st, um, but it's okay because, you know, the Macy's Day Parade, Santa's the end of it. So that's kind of <laughs> like, you know, once you get through Thanksgiving, Black Friday, you can listen to it.
1: I do think it is like a bit sacrilegious to when the, when people skip holidays and are already start in the next one. Yeah. You can't just skip Thanksgiving and, and get into your... Like, I get that people want to have as much Christmas time as possible, but... Adam. You get a whole month of it. Yeah, and December has nothing else in it besides. <laughs> it's true. There's a lot for sure. It
0: really, yeah, it really grinds my gears when people are listening. I, I actually hate you if you listen to it before Thanksgiving is over. But that's besides the point. Um, great lists. We, we want to run it back. Mine was uh, um, "Last Christmas" by Wham, "Jingle Bell Rock," and then "You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch." Uh, Bryce, what did you have? for what your top what was your re- top three
2: my top three was all i want for christmas mariah carey uh bruce springsteen uh sorry i fucking deleted already <laughs> jacob fucking put me on the spot <laughs> sandy bruce, pause is coming th- to town by bruce springsteen <laughs> 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 yeah number three was it's beginning to look a lot like christmas number two all i want for christmas number one santa Claus coming to town yeah good Very nice good
1: and for me i had a sleigh ride by the ronettes at number three at number two i had Wrapping around the christmas tree by brenda lee and number one it's the most wonderful time of the year by andy williams with a whole bunch yeah. of honorable mentions
0: yeah i think we had a great nine songs that we highlighted here um but yeah uh, yeah
1: basically guys if you're sitting out there and looking at your christmas playlist and you don't have one of our nine songs you're doing it wrong because essentially the the plot of this whole thing so add these songs if you somehow don't have them in there
0: yeah um but we appreciate you bryce coming on uh you got any last words for the league um after you know not your most impressive season
2: you know, uh, first of all, I, I want to say uh, congratulations to all the teams that, uh, you know, performed well this season and made the playoffs. Uh, best of luck to you in, uh, you know, these upcoming weeks, and hopefully you could string some win together, wins together. Uh, for me, you know, I'm going to win my first matchup. I'm going to get out of the wings, and, you know, we're just going to start game planning for next year. I had a rough draft, and, uh, you know, had a down year this year but we're going to we're going to be coming back strong and better than ever next year and you can count on me making the playoffs here you heard it for here first <laughs> i guarantee it <laughs> well, well we love to you, hear that Bryce I yeah. love the
1: optimism after what's been a tough season i think it's important in fantasy to always you know there's always there's always next week there's always next year i think it's important to keep that mentality alive
0: yeah, and you're forever cemented onto the throne, so that's always a good thing that you keep under your belt. But um, thank you again, Bryce, for coming on, and I think we can uh, kick it to the end of this episode. Yeah, Thanks it's for been a on, pleasure.
2: Always, always a pleasure to be on the pod.
0: All right, well, we appreciate Bryce for coming on uh, the podcast episode. Uh, I think we had a good time there. But, Johnny, you want to get into these power rankings before we end the episode?
1: Absolutely, Jacob. This week is a very special set of power rankings. We are in week 13. So, I mean, this is getting down to the end of the power rankings. This is the best that the power rankings committee has to offer. You know, they've seen uh, these teams play uh, 13 games so they should have a pretty darn good idea of where people rank out uh, but to start this week off at number 12 it's going to be Aiden who's at number 11 coming in
0: at number 11 it's you Johnny uh, unfortunately you uh, are sitting at the
1: eleven seed who's at 10 at number 10 it's going to be Bryce Bryce actually kind of in a similar spot to me where didn't have such a bad start but things have been pretty rough recently he finds himself at number 10 who's at number 9
0: Coming at number nine is a guy who just got eliminated from playoffs. It's Brian. Brian, uh, you know, had some good uh, start to the season, but, you know, wasn't able to pull throughout in this back half of the season.
1: Who's at eight? At eight, you know, Nutter really, it's going to be Nutter. I don't know why I kind of fumbled the way I came into that. But basically, I was going to say Nutter, you know, had a really tough start to the season, but it's been playing pretty competitive football. It was just too large of a hill to overcome. He finds himself at number eight. Who's number seven?
0: Coming in at number 7 is the guy who's currently slated in the playoffs and is most likely going to get in. It's Scott. Scott's been uh, on a downward spiral, but you know, he did enough at the beginning of the season to put himself in a great position for the playoffs. Who's at
1: 6? That is interesting because that's going to be the only spot where the Power Rankings Committee diverges from how the playoffs are likely expected to lay out. Number six is going to be Caden, who obviously is still vying for that playoff spot, um, even if it's not an entirely likely situation as team. Um, ben, like kinda as you said, Scott's been um, struggling the last few weeks where Caden's team's been playing pretty strong to give himself a chance to be competitive here in the final week of the season. Who's the number five?
0: Coming in at number five, it's Jake. Jake's been on a little bit of skid, but uh, had a pretty bad performance. But, you know, he's still got a solid team, and he's firm into the playoffs. Who's at number
1: four? At number four, we mentioned him early in the episode with a couple games over 170 points this year. It's going to be Stino. Stino's already punched his ticket into the playoffs and has clearly proven that his team is fully capable of delivering some huge outputs, which could bode well for him in the playoffs. Who's going to be at number three?
0: Coming in at number three, it's one of the hottest teams in the league. He firmly solidified himself into the playoffs after being one of those middle-tier teams. It's Joe. Joe is locked for the playoffs, and he's going to be scary to face in those matchups.
1: Who's at number two? At number two, he just set uh, this year's record for most points scored in a single week at 181 points. It's going to be Jack. Jack uh, is kind of head and shoulders above everybody else um, for the most part, with one exception here, is we're going to get to number one. Who's the number one, Jacob? Coming in at number one, it's the guy
0: who's on an eight-game win streak. He's set himself up for the number one seed in the playoffs. It's me. My team has consistently performed throughout the entire year, and uh, it's been exciting
1: and you know that's going to do it for this week's power rankings it's going to be interesting to see you know i don't know if scott's going to feel disrespected by getting knocked down to the seventh spot despite seemingly being in line for a playoff spot but uh you know mixon has been banged up and clearly you know mixon has been a huge contributor for scott's team so his health um could certainly correlate to uh scott getting back up in the power rankings as we head into uh week 14. Um, so Jacob, if you don't have anything else to say, you know, this week's Thursday night game is going to be the Rams versus the Raiders, which seems on paper set up to be just an absolute fucking stinker. Uh, the Rams, as we mentioned earlier, did sign Baker Mayfield. I would have to imagine it's going to be not Mayfield starting. I don't, John Wolford or, or Bryce Perkins or whoever yeah, the no, Rams are trying yeah, to put out there. Nobody cares about yeah. an <laughs> alleged excuse for a football team nowadays. Um, and the Raiders. You know, that Devontae Adams, I, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, statistically, have actually put up some really good years, but it's just not good teams. Um, so yeah. make sure you get your lineup set if you've got the relevant players um, there. But uh, with that being said, Jacob, thanks as always for joining me, and uh, we'll see you next week, boys.
0: Of course, see you boys next week.